Welcome to Rhapsody and Reverie, Season 2, Episode 12. 12! <laughs> I didn't even mean for that to happen, I just did that. <laughs> You'll have to forgive poor Katarina, as she is uh, a little sick child. <laughs> She's ambling through life. Oh. <sighs> Yes, uh, unfortunately, I am under the weather this week, so I am going to be throughout the episode popping cough drops, so please forgive me. I'm trying to keep my voice as uh, velvety and smooth as possible. <laughs> well, so. we'll get through this together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we got a great show for you today. Regardless, we're going to push through. So let us get started by reminding everybody what our hint was from last week so that yeah, we can our, get into this artist. Our hint that was like applicable to half of the music industry. Um, last week, the hint was that this artist dropped out of college. Uh, Trinity College in Dublin uh, to join Universal Music to record some demos. And uh, nobody got it right. I'm surprised. Uh, (laughs) But uh, anyway, the answer to this hint that was not a hint is Hosier. I mean, Dublin could have been a really big hint. (laughs) It could have been. I think we added Trinity College because we were like, dropped out of college to record music demos is not a hint. Yeah, that's like everybody that's ever made rock music. (laughs) Dropped out of college. Yeah, I'm a musician. I mean, I don't know. That's a stereotype. There are plenty of musicians that also have degrees and are very smart. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> And not to say that if you drop out of college, you aren't smart. <laughs> the point we is... We aren't going down this hole. The point is that was a terrible hint, and I am sorry. <laughs> it's okay. The, point, the real point is we're talking about Hosier today, so strap in. This is going to be a fun time, because Hosier's dope. Yeah, and Hosier is relevant because uh, that that beautiful bog boy just released a new single movement uh, in yeah. November. He's been making some moves. Mm, I love my bog boy. That's mm. his nickname. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but he he's he's been making some moves with his he's new emerged song from his cave. He's done eating his bowl of oatmeal. Um, that's right. He he's tweet- been doing. He tweeted like, because somebody was like, second album when? And he's like, let me finish my oatmeal. <laughs> that's real. That's a mood. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So he, he's done. And he's, he's kicking off a second album. We don't know when. I hear rumblings of 2019, but. That's really, really vague, so it could be any time. Um, 
But, you know, either way, from what I've heard of his, like, newest stuff that he's been releasing this year, I'm excited for what he's got in store. Oh, hell yeah. Movement was a whole vibe. Yep. Yep. Very much uh, on brand for him, I think. Mm-hmm. It was it was very um gosh. Sexual? Yeah, there's a R and B element to this song that was yes. a bit stronger than some of his older stuff. Like he like his music is always sort of like in this interesting sort of realm of gospel and soul mixed with like more traditional sort of folk music and blues and rock and yeah like he he has a lot of different elements in his stuff uh but this one was this song movement was interesting because it sort of it it like it's sort of like stepped into a slightly more contemporary vibe for me but was still very hosier so i was i was pleasantly surprised by how fresh it sounded. If that makes any sense. Yeah, to be honest, like it's I don't know. I think if it this whole new era for him to me mm-hmm. seems seems to be synonymous because like he okay, let me backtrack. Let me let me go back. I feel like a lot of his music is very earthy, very and elemental almost. Mm. Like to me, the mm-hmm. first album has a very earthy vibe. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. This one feels very much like water. And perhaps it is because his cover art for movement is him in a pool. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. But I think the whole fluidity of movement, like the yeah. flu- in the song, is very evocative of that. Um, and also, this crazy son of a gun just loves to sing about sex all the time. So, I mean, who am I to... That, that's real. That's yeah. very, very real. I feel like Hosier's music can be summed up with, like, four words. Sex, love, drugs, and religion. Like, yeah, those four things are, like top things i mean honorable mention goes to death but but to him sex and death are interchangeable which is great i love that (laughs) um i don't know if this is if this is jumping too much for too too far forward in the episode but uh the song angel of small death and the coding scene Mm -hmm. uh angel of small death is it, it comes from uh a term for uh, orgasms. Oh, those silly French. Yeah. <laughs> Le petit mort in, in French. I butchered that. Um, it, it's French for orgasm. Because apparently to the French, when you orgasm, you die. Which says a lot <laughs> about, about their mindset. But like, can you imagine being called the angel of orgasms and drugs? No. <laughs> not, I'm not not exactly sure how you take that. 
Um, but it is an entrancing sort of image. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, definitely, definitely points for that. And for whether or not I would actually want to be the no! person that no! he's thinking about. She's like <laughs> the know. devil. I'm going to go with a hard pass, but the song is great. Yeah. <laughs> like, the character in the song is kind of like the devil. A little bit. She's not, she's bit. not good. <laughs> she's, she's destroying people with her orgasms and her drugs. Um... This episode is just hosier. Sex, drugs, rock and roll. Or sex, drugs, bogs and roll. Boom. Got okay. it. Title. Done. But no, like, because he's comparing, like, a, a relationship to, to what drugs do to you. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to be her. Yeah. I don't necessarily think you'd want to be the woman in any of his music. Yeah. Uh-huh. In, so- in some... In s- in some ways, um, and I mean, I've seen this interpretation floating around before, but just like, in some ways, that song doesn't even feel like it's about a relationship at all at points. Sometimes it just straight up feels like it's about drugs. And, and for all we drugs. know, it, it could very well be just about coding. So maybe yeah. the metaphor is the relationship for drugs, instead of drugs <laughs> being the metaphor for the relationship. Maybe. Who knows? I'm sure he's probably spoken about this somewhere and I just haven't heard it. But like it, I I think I think the beauty of the song is that um it's so poetic in nature that it's open for interpretation. Um which is just yeah. kind of like the best part about Hosier's music in general is that so much of it just like reads like poetry. Which is great. And yeah, he he's very good at sort of painting images with his words. Um in in like you said, like an elemental kind of way. There's a very elemental quality to the music that he um puts out when you listen to a hosier song. It all it's almost like you can feel like the earth sifting through your hands like especially like a song like work song Mm. like that song like you are instantly transported to just being like outside in the like in a field burning sun in the fields like just toiling through the day yeah it's great it it really is great now, before we get too far into talking about the actual music, because I, I have so many thoughts, uh, Hozier inspires so many questions. <laughs> um, but but let's let's take it back a little bit. Um, let's talk about how we how we first discovered the lovely oh. Hozier. Yeah, I mean, you you can go ahead and take the reins on this because I legitimately, for the life of me can't remember <laughs> how i discovered hosier all i know is that it happened sometime lucky around for you. take me to church lucky <laughs> when for that you. song came out <laughs> uh dear audience i 
Tis I who set the blaze. Um, no, I was the one who actually introduced her. I'm sad she doesn't remember because um, this is forever drenched, uh, in, entrenched in my memory. Drenched in my memory. Um, because, <laughs> okay, so in our, uh, our pre-junior year, and no, I don't mean sophomore year. I mean pre-junior year because we went to uh, that kind of college. Um, Adrian used to, she, she lived in a dorm that was relatively close to Trader Joe's. <laughs> so sometimes I would go with her on Trader Joe's runs, you know, you it know how it was dope. It was dope. We used to go and like buy shit we didn't need. Uh, for me, more often than not, it was logs of goat cheese. I didn't need that. Just wanted it. And I got it. Anyway, straying from the point. Um, we were we were uh coming back from one of these um one of these Trader Joe's runs when I mentioned, hey, I just heard this new song, Take Me to Church on the internet, and it blew me away. You need to hear it. It's by this dude named Hozier. And Adrian was like, oh, I don't, I know about Hose, I know about Hoosier, I don't care about Hoosier. And I was like, no, no, it's not the band you're thinking of. Because <laughs> if you recall, listeners, there, uh, there is a band uh, spelled H-O-O-S-I-E-R that I don't, I don't, I think they're pronounced similarly, but I don't know. I'm a fool. Um, so anyway, like, I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. Just sit back, just sit back. And listen to this. And I played it for her in her in her rinky dink dorm couch that I remember was uh oh god. Was it broken? I think it was broken. It's probably broken. Anyway. It was so probably. some sunlight streaming through this big ass window into her tiny tiny dorm and take me to church starts blaring from my phone speakers and Adrian's life was forever changed. And and it was it was all my doing, and I'm, I can't even verify this because you don't have any memory of this. And I'm so mad. I I'm sorry. I'm legitimately <laughs> like completely blank. You said all of that, and I'm just like, I guess it's plausible. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of good yeah, memories I- came from Trader Joe's runs. <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah, I'm sure that's probably something that happened. Just like you know, we 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 constantly introduce each other to new music, so like it's very much probably what happened. But the point you're, is, you're making me look like a liar. <laughs> no, I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm kidding. <laughs> She's not a liar. No. I have zero memory, so I wouldn't even know if she was like. Oh! <laughs> I love it. But she has no reason to lie, so if she's not lying. The point is, you are digging. Take me, a me to church. <laughs> take me to church was the first song I heard, and it was because of Katarina. Mm-hmm. There, I'm gonna stop talking now. God. So how did? How did you discover Hosier then, since uh, you introduced him to me? Tumblr. Seems legit. It, pa- it showed up on my dashboard, and I clicked play, and I was like, oh, this song's a bop! I like it! 
and and then I and then I was like, I just I have to share this with the world. I was like that that fish in SpongeBob that was like, Hey, all you people! Hey, all you people! Hey, all you people! Want you listen to me? <laughs> I just had a sandwich. No, I didn't. okay, we gotta. I, we can all do right. the whole thing. That's not the point. Um. So let's just dive into it because, like, his his uh, discography at the moment is. Yeah, so far he's only got one album and one EP that he just put out. Um, And I will say, I was very, very excited when the EP came out because the drought that was um, those years without any new Hosier music was starting to weigh on the brain. Yeah, actually. Not even, even like, aggressively so, just more of a, just like a, sort of sadness that lingered yeah i felt it in my filthy filthy soul yeah a a vacuum where songs about sex and religion should be Mm -hmm. but he came back and he came back with bangers nina cried power like slaps you in the face with music and lord I am so happy that he collaborated with Mavis Staples because she sounds incredible yeah. on this track. I had never heard of her it. before this. Uh, yeah, you have. I have. The Staple Singers? No. Have you heard the song, I'll Take You There? I'll Take You There. Oh! That, yeah. Oh, cool. She, All right. Yeah, I have. That, <laughs> she was one of the members of the Staple Singers. Um, and she also has a solo career, and she collaborated with Hosier, and it was amazing. <laughs> Their voices worked so well together on that song, too. Which they is truly impressive. do. Yeah. They, they strike a very interesting balance, and I love... Okay, so part of what I loved about... Um... Nina Simone's original song, uh, Center Man, when she does, Mm -hmm. like, you know, scream power for a solid, like, minute and a half. Yeah. Is how emotionally raw it is. Mm -hmm. And it's weird that Hozier was kind of able to replicate the same sort of emotional raw force in the same word. Because I was actually kind of taken aback by that. Um, Yeah. It's it's a it's a very strong-willed song. Like it is very much like you said a slap in the face. It's it's very much like a a shot of five-hour energy and your double espresso. <laughs> I don't yeah, get you charged up. Mm-hmm. It makes you want to take on the world. Um, which I mean, it like is the intent behind the song, right? Like he's he's evoking all of these like images of past um songwriters that have been beautifully defiant in some of the work that they've created like i mean nina simone being the shining example of that and he was able to take take all these people and sort of bring their essence into this song in a very like just simple way like the song's not um it's not super elaborate in terms of like all these crazy lyrical metaphors or anything it's just very simple of like 
all of these great people have come before me and spoken their truth and been like brash and bold and I am channeling that energy so that I yeah. can face what's in front of me. And and, con- and considering his his almost obsessive love with complex metaphors, this was a surprisingly toned down, stripped down song for him. Like mm-hmm. it it really was. Like it's very straightforward in that it's basically a thank you note, you know, to to all the other um artists that he draws inspiration from and that the world at some point has drawn inspiration from. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a very fascinating thing. I almost didn't expect it from him. And yet yeah. I can't think of any musician who would have done it better. Mm-hmm. That's true. So. Yeah. I, I don't know. Definitely love that. That's all and, I have to say. And- and, and then I also love that he has like that banger of a track, and then he follows it up with a slick song like "Nothing Fucks with My Baby." Right? Like I love that so much. I was <laughs> like, "Yes." <laughs> that's the hardest song on that album. Uh, uh no, I'm sorry. Nina Cry Power is the hard- is the hardest song on that EP. Um. And then nothing fucks with my baby is like right back to the complex metaphors and the and the love songs and the you know sex through poetry and biblical imagery. There we go. Mm-hmm. We're back. This is the yeah. hosier I know and love. <laughs> but it's just like it's also just such a like cool song. Oh my gosh. Like he's he's really good about writing songs mm. about sex and love and like capturing the sort of like dark or visceral kind of emotions within those Mm -hmm. concepts he's also he's really good at writing songs about monsters that come out of nowhere and just ruin everything (laughs) That, that like, too. That like, too. and nothing fucks with my baby. It's the end of the world. Right. Monsters. <laughs> the Antichrist comes out of the sea. This is Yeats' second coming. Yeats. 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 I read this poem. I should have picked mm-hmm. up on this. Um. <laughs> but yeah. It, it's very dark and yet so sweet sounding. Like, I when I first heard that song, like, I, I literally just, like, stopped what I was doing and just, like, stared at the ceiling for a moment and just, like, suspended disbelief as about how great the song was. I was like, I need a moment alone to myself. Oh, God. To process how good this is. Hey. That's what we're calling it now. Um, <laughs> Shut up. Um, though, though I do think I may have added this on to my sets playlist. I'm yeah, I know you did. <laughs> Which, like, uh, I mean, there are like, there are already like three Hosier songs on that playlist. Because all he sings about is sex! 
was your sex is an act of defiance, sex is an act of love, or sex is an act of destruction? That's it. Boom. And that's, it both entices and scares me as a concept. Uh, because, uh, number one, who hurt you? <laughs> who? <laughs> You're 28 years old. What the hell? <laughs> and number it's two, okay, man. what eldritch horror has he been communicating with where everything he writes... <laughs> Everything he writes is so entwined with death and monsters and the dark and and yet you know what it is? It's Ireland. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, I don't know if I want to talk too much about Take Me to Church, only because what can what can we say that hasn't already been said about it? Like the song itself. Hell yeah. Um, basically, yet another rebellion against the Catholic Church, which I mean, yeah. okay. <laughs> um, it had a very, it had a very tragic uh, music video, which that went viral for a lot of reasons. Um, yeah, yeah. There isn't a whole lot to say about "Take Me to Church" that hasn't already been said. It's just a really great song. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think, too, what resonated with people for that song is at the time, um, it it managed to break into the mainstream, and a song like that hadn't really broken into the mainstream in a while, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, because what year was that? Like, um, 2012 or something? No, oh, 2014. 2014. Great. Um, I know how time works. Um, yeah, and like 2014, what was on the radio then? Like blurred lines. Yeah. So, so I think it was a refreshing sort of sound for a lot of people to be on like mainstream radio. Not to say that this music wasn't being made, because of course it was, just not. Um not quite as popular um, in reach as Take Me to Church ended up being. Um, So for that, I mean, for that alone, Hosier gets a pat on the back, but, like, it was just a great song. It is. And, like, it's it's a dark and sexual and beautiful image. Yeah. This is a this is one where sex is the act of defiance because like not only is it a rebellion against like because for those of you who are familiar with church practices regarding sex and sexuality, uh, sex is gen- generally frowned upon unless it takes place within the confines of marriage. Um, we're not even going to get into the you know the more obvious questions about whether or not you know same sex relations are accepted because more often than not they're not um within the church's context yeah yeah yeah. um but i think to him just the act of of two people having sex is sort of reclaiming a, a a human aspect that is robbed when other people tell them it's wrong 
his whole thing is like, you know, sex is great. Sex is, is in, in the code of human nature. You know, you can't, you can't take it away. And um, I didn't realize before I did the research for this episode, but um, he's, he's actually, oh God, I love this about him, that he takes all of these really vague, <laughs> really uh, lesser known uh, poetic things and he and he pays homage to them like the lambert he's like i i was born sick but i love it uh comes from this uh old poem by i'm gonna butcher this name uh fulk fulk greville greville oh god <laughs> i don't know but the but the line of the poem is oh wearisome condition of humanity born under one law to another bound vainly begot and yet forbidden vanity created sick commanded to be sound and that's basically what Hozier's surmising in this, you know, like mm-hmm. nature made us one way and the people tell us we're supposed to be another way. And uh, what happens when that's how you're raised? We live in a society. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, like apart from that, I mean. Hell yeah, sex is a defiant act. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Shout outs to you, Take Me to Church. Mm. Shout outs to you. Speaking uh, of sex, um Speaking of Sex, his entire album. His entire album. Did you know that someone new was co-written by his ex-girlfriend? I did not, but that's kind of hilarious. Right. <laughs> when I, you I love that. That's when amazing. you listen to that song. Those song lyrics are, uh, they're not forgiving. So, oof! I I love that song. I will say, yeah. like, when I first heard that song, I related to that song so strongly. I think a lot of people can. Yeah. Just, you know, the just that, like, idea, that feeling, that period in your life, and maybe it's more than just a period, maybe it's for a lot longer, where you just, you know, you just have that habit of just, going through life and you see somebody on the street and you just can't help but fall in love with them even though it makes no sense even though you barely know the person you're just constantly destructively falling in love with random people <laughs> just searching for some sort of meaning in all of it and you know as as a little depressing as that is mm-hmm. it, a uh, little? I could- <laughs> Okay, it's very depressing, mm. but I could definitely relate to it. Like, you know, I think I think to some end we're all kind of searching for something and a lot of times we try and find it in other people. And you have concepts in life like sex and love and and death that are just so like grand and final that it you're almost sort of like naturally pulled to them as being some sort of answer to the unknown because they just seem so so large like it, there's some weird twisted logic in your brain that goes yes by being in love I'll finally have all the answers <laughs> yep and that's not what happens 
No, and that's like a theme in a lot of his music too. Like trying to find the answers, trying to find completion uh, in sex and in other mm-hmm. people. <laughs> like in a like in Arsonist Lullaby, for instance. Um, there, there's, there's a, there's a, um, there's a verse further down in the song where he's basically talking about how he thought he would, he would be whole, he would be healed once he, uh, quote unquote, knew love's perfect ache. And then he realizes, oh, nope, I still have my problems. I still have my crazed desire to set things on fire. That's not going away. The voices are still talking to me. Um, and while, well, I'm sure it wasn't meant to be taken literally, and it was, it was a metaphor. You know, it's, it's, it's a thing where people, where people try to, they, they try to define themselves by who they're with or what they're doing, and that's obviously wrong. <laughs> and you shouldn't do that, kids. Um, but but it's interesting that so many of us, even though we know that's wrong, so many of us still do it. Yeah. It just does. It just there's something about it that just doesn't feel wrong. No. Like initially. It no. Just, it just seems, it just seems like it's right, and then. It takes a lot of learning before anybody, I don't know, does anybody ever really grasp the concept fully? No. Yeah. Look at it, we'll come back. I mean, he's... <laughs> okay. Which I love so, that song. Can I just say that for the longest time, I thought that this song was about um uh a certain body part what <laughs> what body part i, I thought share it with the class I, I thought he was talking about his dick for the longest time <laughs> <laughs> like how you mean like you mean like ed Sorry, I couldn't get it up. It'll come back. No. But, like, you know better than to look at it like that. Nope. But how could his dick come back? Where did it go, first of all? I want to know. He was talking about his erection. Oh, so his erection. So it is like ED. But now. Okay, this is a whole lot. Don't let it in with no intention to keep it. (laughs) Yeah. Don't be kind to it. He's giving her instructions on how to properly keep his erection up. Oh my god! (laughs) This podcast rated NC-17. Yeah, this this is a very sexually charged one, but honestly, like, when I heard that song for the first time, and for most of the times after, like, my brain instantly went to erections. And, like, it's not entirely 
I don't know. No, you, you I, need I Jesus. Don't. You need Jesus. <laughs> Probably. You you need to take a break from the hoser. <laughs> and you need Jesus. <laughs> Some, somebody help me. I, <laughs> I, just... I forgot my original point. Um. <laughs> It'll come back has that cool don't, animal magnetism. Don't, don't give it a hand. Uh, what? <laughs> From day one, I always imagined him comparing himself to a stray dog. Yeah, that and point you was went completely, to, completely lost on you. You went, you went straight to Dick. Maybe that says more about me at this time. In my life. This is like when... Oh god, what was... When Bowling for Soup released that song, My Wiena. Remember? What? It's like, My, my Wiena is Lonely Tonight, because it's about a girl, but it's really about his dick. Uh, okay. Never mind. Um, I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> I just... <laughs> like... I I thought it was a good it was a really good song and a really Honey, great don't illustration feed it. of sexual frustration. Honey, don't feed it. Where where did that line fit into the penis allegory? Do I really have to walk through this line uh, yes, by line? Yes, because I need to know how you feed a penis. No, uh, I'm not gonna do that. Just like. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> I think the difference is because this is how I have acquired so many pets in my life that I automatically understood, oh, it's a stray dog metaphor. Like, okay. well, here's, here's the thing. Like, I, I got the sort of, like, animalistic, like, imagery. I just thought it was about his day. <laughs> and in, in a way, in a way it is. In the, right. fact that, in the fact that any song about sex is about somebody's dick. Because it's like I'm sexually frustrated. It's not in, entirely me. off. It's no. like I thought, you know, the straight the stray dog in the scenario is, is his dick. That's, that's where my brain went. And that's incredible. It makes yeah, it probably I says a lot more about me. I love this. <laughs> this is um, the best thing I've heard all day. <laughs> like, oh, it was it was 2014, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know what was going on in my life. In Obviously, not sex. <laughs> All right, well, you didn't have to go there. <laughs> we're here now. <sighs> this is a great song. It is yeah. one of the songs that's on my sex playlist. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't want to go into why it's a, a good sex song. Uh, anyway. It's just a sexually charged he, song. He howls and... at the end, kind of, and it's kind of hot. Um, yeah. Like, it's this, great. Is, this is going on the internet forever. Well, you know, I've made my peace with it, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to work song, because we were going to get into <laughs> Uh, 
That's also a sexual song. It is. It is. But um, I love it because it reminds me of a Clint Eastwood movie. What? Which one? Unforgiven. Okay. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, it's it's a really long movie, and what it, what the the part of it that's reminiscent for me is the intro part um, that sets the scene for everything. Uh, because he is um, Clint Eastwood's character is a bad guy. Um, in the beginning, at least, he uh, mm-hmm. you know he drinks, he shoots people. I don't remember if he was a gang leader, or if he was like just a bounty hunter. I think he was just a bounty hunter. Um. But he ends up getting married to this, you know, upper class lady who, quote unquote, tames him and, and brings him back to uh, his humanity, so to speak. And, um, you know, they have kids together. He works on a farm with her. He's, his whole life is completely different. He's changed completely. And then she dies. And that's sort of what sparks the events of the film is that he is now a widower with two children on a farm that's failing. But anyway, digressing. That's kind of like the imagery I get when I hear work song where it's like a desperado who's been reformed after a gunfight, kind of like in red dead redemption. Um, <laughs> not really. um, that's what, I, that's the vibe I get to me. It feels very Western, even though it doesn't sound very Western. Yeah. That's interesting, because I always get, like, chain gang or brother world yeah. vibes. Yes, that, that too. Song. Like, it, it's it's very much a chain gang song. Like, if it wasn't, like, if the intro humming and the slapping wasn't a clue. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I do always think of, of, of westerns, like, and, like, the, the kind of gritty westerns that, I don't know. Yeah. It's, not a John, it's not a John Wayne western, it's a Clint Eastwood western. <laughs> I mean, I guess I can imagine a a cowboy walking into a saloon with that song. <laughs> like This ain't of... the ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yeah. This is depression. Actually, maybe it is the ballad of Buster Scruggs. Wasn't this stories. song used as the like promo for a Nicholas Sparks movie, or am I thinking oh, of something else? God, I think you're right. I'm gonna. Was it was it the one with uh, Scott Eastwood? Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> it was. I'm gonna look it up. What songs? Work song. Okay, work song. I do love that song. That song is so good. I. It's very. I, I just remember hearing it in commercials for a movie and being like, oh, it's Hosier. Yay. I'm not going to see that movie, but yeah. Hey. It was for the longest ride. <laughs> yeah. I think I saw part of that movie on an airplane. Oh, uh, I, I want to see that movie with my grandma. <laughs> I got frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. um, <laughs> God. I love this. Anyway. Eastwoodception. Um, but no, it's a very beautiful song. It's very it's very dark. It's beautiful and it's dark. And I love the whole like Johnny Cash throwback to, you know, Ain't No Grave Can Hold My Body Down. Um mm-hmm. 
because I love Johnny Cash, and you can tell he's got a respect for for the greats like Johnny Cash. But um, I don't know. There's so, I I like the fact that so much of his work is dark and enticing. Um, I love my bog man. I love I love Hosier. Just in general. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, OJ. Well, um, if you had to pick your favorite songs oh. that Hosier's done. What would they be? Easy. Okay. I'm not going to include Take Me to Church only because it's everybody's go to. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say Work Song for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say In a Week. I love the concept of two corpses rotting together and dying and just being in love. And that is such a strange thing to say. Um, I don't know what kind of impression I've given you, the audience, but, uh, I like me some spooky shit. (laughs) (laughs) And this was like this beautiful, almost, I don't want to say gothic because that's not the right word. I don't know the word. Um, macabre. Yes, that's good. There we go. Uh, this beautiful macabre, um, love story of two corpses is just ah, I love it there, it's it's very strange you know they always talk about love after death and I, I think the that song does a good job of uh, demonstrating that um, so that's two in the woods somewhere because it's freaky um very Dante's Inferno-esque, almost, because he wakes up in the woods and he starts walking, uh, mm-hmm. and he starts crying out to a woman who is not there and doesn't show up, kind of like how yeah, the poet calls out to Beatrice and she's not there. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm still not sure what happened in the woods somewhere. Did he just kill a fox that symbolized him and he was confronted with his inner demons and discovered he wants to live after all? Or did he just find a a, a monster in the woods. And that's what yeah. he found. He he found a monster in the woods. <laughs> I guess that's up for the listener to decide. Yeah. I I I don't know. I love that about Hozier. You could either take it very literally. <laughs> um and it's something out of the Brothers Grimm, or you could take it metaphorically, and it's still something out of the Brothers Grimm, but with the added depth of Kierkegaard. I don't know. Um I meant Kierkegaard, too. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's see. I have two more. Sure. Why God. not? It's hard because I genuinely love everything he's produced. <laughs> um, all these awkward pauses. Uh, <laughs> All right, I'm going to say From Eden. Okay. And Jackie and Wilson, because it's a good time. God, I love Jackie and Wilson. It's really good. All right, your turn. Okay. Um, I think I would have to go with... Um, nothing fucks with my baby. Yes! 
love that song. Um, sedated. Ooh. Um, because there is something about the, you know, there's something there's something about the chorus that just like really gets to me. I like it a lot. I I don't know what it says about this episode's revealing a lot about me, but like I don't know what it says about me that I'm very drawn to this image of sedation. Sticks and like, stones may break my bones, but dicks and drugs excite me. No, that's not the image that I want out there, okay? I don't do drugs and I don't think about genitalia 24-7. Alright. Um, <laughs> um, but... What have we done? No, but I just... I, I like I like sedated. I, I, there's something about it that's very... Um, I don't know. There's a sort of, like, desperation in that song that really, like, connects with me and sort of makes me feel emotional and in my feelings. Like, the bridge where he's like, darling, won't you, or, like, don't you join me, you're supposed to take me away from it. I think that's the line. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, but it's just a very good song. So, those two, and then, um, hmm, this is difficult. Uh, I think I'm going to go with. Um, I will say, um, I will say Jackie and Wilson also, Woo! because that song is just a fun, happy romp, despite also being a little, like, sad by the end of it, but still, <laughs> still just fun. And then... And then I'm gonna say it will come back. Woo! Because <laughs> I, I do really love that song. Um, and it's just the whole vibe. And I've already talked way too much about that song, so yep. I'm just gonna stop. Probably for the best. <laughs> yep. Oh, goodness. Mm. But, I mean, to be honest... um. There's so much to say about Hozier. There's so much that that we could talk about. Um, so many songs we didn't mention that are wonderful and powerful works of art. And they're just so layered. And not to get all pretentious English major on, on everybody, but like, I really love how he draws his imagery from like poems and, and from old stories and stuff like that. Like, I'm a sucker for this, as you know. Um, mm -hmm. He's an artist of many layers, and for that, I will forever appreciate my bog man. Hmm. I'm glad you finished your oatmeal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. All right, guys. Well, we successfully wrapped up our discussion of Hosier. It was a wild ride in which I disclosed way too much information. To yes, the internet you did. about the inner workings of my brain. Um, 
I will sulk about that later. Uh, but for now, it's time for everybody's favorite segment, Up and Comers. Up and Comers! Yeah, yeah. So, Woo! who do you have, Katarina, for us today? I, I, excellent. Excellent rhythm. Um, Thank you. Yeah. So, this week, I have a, um, a musician from New Zealand, pretty far from ah. us, uh, named Paul Williams. Now, Paul is not to be confused with a whole other Paul Williams, an American singer-songwriter who um, has been around for, you know, decades. He's been around since the 60s. Mm. Not to be confused with that guy. This guy is actually, um, I, I guess he's Lord's favorite, favorite musician, and I had never heard of this man before. Mm. Um, I guess he, he's a comedian, and he decided to venture from comedy rap into actually putting together a, a sort of pop album that does, I think, still draw on his sense of humor, but it's definitely like a solid like pop album. It's really good. It's really funky. Uh, the album is called Surf Music. And mm. if you want to get hooked really quickly, check out the song number one. It's, it's a very upbeat, cute um song i i had to google who anthony bennett was i guess he's an nba star oh <laughs> i didn't know they had the nba in new zealand so that's kind of cool sports I, yeah uh the uh some other songs you check out uh bond themes from the early 80s and the title track surf music um honestly it's it's just a really good time i i don't i don't know what else to say about it it's it's really fun I'm uh I'm glad Paul that you decided to be a semi-serious musician. <laughs> um it's it's very much a an interesting uh path, I think. If you want to follow him on Twitter, he is Paul Williams underscore twelve. As usual, we're gonna have links in the in the show notes, but in case you were an eager beaver and wanted to find them all by yourself, you could. Uh-huh. So yeah, go check out his album and give him a follow. Tell them Rhapsody and Reverie sent you. You know, just do it. Do it. I don't know. Uh, so that's who I have this week. Who do you have this week? Alright, so this week I have um, another uh, another artist from far, far away from us. Um, they are an Australian duo. Ooh. Um, it is K-L-O, spelled K-L-L-O. Um, and I first discovered them last year, actually, as I was going through, um, I think I was playing my favorite game, which is to go on Spotify and just, like, click through related artists of yes. artists that I like and just kind of go down the rabbit hole until I find something that like catches my ear. And I did that and I stumbled on KLO and heard their song Sense and it was a whole vibe. Like it's such a chill song and uh, and speaking of songs on my sets playlist, I put that one on there. 
because it's just so chill and cool and effortless and um her vo- um the female vocalist in the duo like her voice is just really really calming and soothing uh so if you're looking for vibes they're definitely a good artist to go to um i'm always trying to bring the vibes guys so i got you um and they just released a new song um just this past weekend called candid which is another really good vibe song so definitely check out both of those i'm really excited to see what they come out with next they put out a record last year um called backwater i believe yeah um so definitely listen to some of their stuff and check them out because they're really good uh you can follow them on twitter at k-l-l-o music um so hit them up there let them know rhapsody reverie sent you and then let us know what you thought of them and what you thought of paul williams because we want to know what you think of the artists that we recommend because all we like to do is talk about music. So any chance that we get to talk about music, we will take it. Um, but yeah, okay. That was Up and Comers, guys. We Woo. hope you enjoy those artists. And now that we've finished Up and Comers, and we've had a really great and weirdly sexual conversation about hosting here, it is time for us to sign off. So... Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Rhapsody and Reverie. It has been a blast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, all the places. You can find us at, on Facebook at Rhapsody and Reverie Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Rhapsody Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or any of the other places on the internet that you listen to podcasts. Odds are, we're there. So hit us up, give us a comment, rate, review, do all those cool things. We love feedback. We love you guys. It's going to be great. Um, You can join our Facebook group. We have a Facebook group. It is Rhapsody Fam. So go to Facebook, join it. We share dank memes. We share random conversations and thoughts about music. I cry about the 1975 all the time because their new album wasn't credible and I have a lot of feelings about it. So if you want to hear those feelings, you can go to the Facebook group. It'll be a great time for everybody involved, especially me because I love the 1975. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> anyway. If you can't tell, she really liked that album. It was so beautiful. Oh my god. The best one they've ever done. Good I job, just... Manny. Good job, everyone. Oh my god. Um anyway, I I, I think I blacked out for a second. Okay. Um <laughs> also check our website for announcements. Whenever we do cool stuff, we talked about it there. So if you want the latest, you can always go there and you will find it. Um other than that. We have made it to the end of the episode, guys. We have, and sadly, it's the second to last episode of season two. Next oh, week yeah. will be our final episode of the season. 
and it's gonna be all about Christmas music. Yeah. So actually, if you guys wanna have some fun audience participation, why don't you send us your favorite Christmas songs, and we'll see if we include a couple if they're not yeah. already on the list. Because like. I think we all know the same 15 Christmas songs, and no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, it's not its not that it's repetitive, but... But we all know. We all know. So, look, if you got some favorites, why don't you submit them through Rhapsody Fam, or tweet them at us, or however you want to get them to us. And mm-hmm. we'll see if we, can, if we can squeeze them in. Yeah. You know. It could be fun. And Maybe they'll throw us on at us that we haven't heard. And maybe there'll be a little surprise next week. We don't know. Wink, wink. Oh my god. What? What kind of surprise? A surprise surprise. Alright. Alright. Well, somebody's plotting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a just Christmas have to surprise. Wait and see. It's yes. Christmas! <laughs> anyway. Anyways. Grab your Santa hats and <laughs> shake those sleigh bells, gang. <laughs> we're getting we're getting we're jolly getting up festive. in this sleigh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Ho ho ho! Ho ho ho!